Hi, everyone. I'm Tish Conlon. Here's another episode of Tish Talk. Welcome. I uh, hope everyone's having a good day. Today, I have back someone who is a wealth of knowledge. She's been a freedom fighter involved in the movement for uh, some time. Chris Weisdorf has been an advisor for many years and a financial advisor for over 20. Um, he's lectured on a range of topics, including uh, the digital ID and uh, insurance, crypto, um, and security issues. He's led uh, some, well, he's been involved in a number of legal challenges, I know, with the City of Toronto personally, and has been involved, uh, has an incredible knowledge of our legal system, and has been an advisor to some fairly prominent cases, including Adam Skelly, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, and the Adamson Barbecue legal challenges during the lockdowns. Um, he's been strongly against the mandates and lockdowns. And we're happy to have him uh, with us here in Canada. And today we're going to talk about not only the, the provincial election, the results, uh, and what that might mean. Uh, Chris has some great insight. But also some of the bills that are coming out that you may or may not be aware of um, that are a little concerning and how you can push back. And he's also going to educate us a little bit. I didn't even know myself, so this is interesting. So how bills move through from Senate and House of Commons, right, Chris? And give us sort of some basic learning, education. This is good stuff for us to learn in the system, how it's not working uh, in Canada, and some of the things we can do to change it. And then just uh, other thoughts on what's happening right now. Have I covered it, Chris? That's a lot to, for you to cover. Hopefully uh, not too much today. First of all, how are you doing? And what do you think of the uh, results of the provincial election? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Um, other people are not who we know. We yes. know people who have run. We know people who have thrown their support between before these people um, ran. And then when they ran, they really got out there and knocked on doors and spent money and donated. And, you know, a lot of money was raised, especially for the Ontario party. I mean, way more than Maxime Bernier ran um, when he ran in 2019. Um, he raised nationally far less than the Ontario party just ran, you know, raised uh, in a very short amount of time because he, mm -hmm. you know, how long did that go on for the, the, the campaign and before the campaign, they were raising money and, um, and it was uh, far less than what right. the Ontario party raised. So, I mean, that's, uh, that was a smashing success in terms of the money raised, but I mean, in terms of mobilizing the vote, uh, getting the amount of the percentage of people who vote, I, I calculated, I calculated the percentage of people who voted. In fact, I'm, I should look right now while I'm, while I'm talking to you, because I know the numbers, the numbers are something like, I think it was a 120,000, let's say 124,000, yes. I think it is new blue plus what is it 84,000 divided right, by sure. approximately 6 million voters in Ontario. There are, you know, there's four, nearly 15 million people, but there's about 6 million registered right. voters. That's less than three and a half percent. So as a, as you know, three and a half percent of the electorate turned out and voted for the Ontario and, and, and um, um, Ontario party and the new blue party. New blue. Mm -hmm. So that's less than three and a half percent. And that, compared to the PPC numbers, um, which back in 2019 were two, a little, a, a roughly 2%. Mm -hmm. Two years later, that number became about 7 to 7.5%, depending on where you were. I don't, know, I don't know what it was nationally, but it was around 7%. So that was near more than triple the vote, and that's a huge gain. Yes. Um, and, then, and then two months after that election was held, and this is uh, January, February. Mm -hmm. So about, about two months later, that number from about 7% jumped to 14 to 15%. That's incredible. So, I mean, it's exponential yes. growth. And so if you have 14 to 15%, and then in Ontario, which is the most populous province, you're only pulling less than three and a half percent. There's a massive disconnect. Yes. Well, no matter, yeah, no matter how you look at it, um, uh, what, regardless of how much money was raised, uh, the parties, even if they combined, so even if they combined, um, and I, I would argue if they combined, there was no competition, there was cooperation, I would argue they would get far more than three and a half percent. 
Yes, but, I but, think so but, too. But the three and a half percent that they did get um, is, is, you know, what is it, a quarter? It's a, roughly a quarter of, of what the numbers were very recently um, for the uh, People's Party of Canada. So yes, irrespective of what you think about each party and reading all the platforms and uh, sadly, very few people actually read stuff these days. That's why we are where we are 27 months later. No one in the media reads stuff. Politicians read stuff, don't read stuff. Right. Um, the doctors and lawyers don't read stuff. No one seems to read anything. So people don't read platforms. They don't read the constitution of the new blue and Ontario parties or the PPC. They certainly right. don't read the actual platforms either. And, and that's a problem. I've read everything, but no it, one else seems to read it. Yes, you're right. And I know we've had conversations about this. I know some of my audience is new uh, to some of these podcasts, or maybe doesn't know about even uh, these parties and what they represent. A lot of times the media has just slanted them extreme, which is actually the absolute opposite, because the some of these newer parties are more moderate. They're, they're actually just looking for accountable government and following our constitutional law, um, respecting our freedoms uh, and rights. So that's really about as moderate as you can get. And what's happened is we've had kind of a, a really fundamental shift to the left, even all of the uniparty, as I call them, the doesn't matter if it's uh, liberal, conservative, or NDP. So what for new people here, some of these new parties, the reason they're coming in is because we're getting away from following our constitutional law and 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 our democracy and from being a democracy when you're shifting censorship we're going to talk about some of these bills and i know one of the things you and i talked about uh, and which is very important to me is making sure that we learn lessons from this election not only did the um the candidates uh, from the uh from new blue and ontario not regain their seats no, so we have no no one representing the more moderate view no. and we had a lot of infighting people uh who are aware of what's happening with our government wanted them to unite and they didn't I really don't want this to happen federally, and I hope that um, you know the message is received because we can't have PPC and another national party with a similar platform fighting it out when most people aren't even, as you said, reading the paper or following platforms. They're just going with the old story, and we need to have one shift in, towards uh, a moderate government and PPC is not an extreme right. They're a middle of the road following constitutional law. So I hope that doesn't happen. I hope the message is received. Uh, will it be? I don't know, but I'm gonna do everything I can to, to, to help facilitate that. And I know you will as well. And hopefully I'll, everyone listening will strongly uh, speak about the importance of not doing that. It's a destructive action. It's not gonna help us get anywhere. But uh, anyways, let's just dive into. Well, yeah, I, I, I should just comment on on that, um, which is this. Um, the way that human beings operate and have operated for not just thousands of years, but tens of thousands of years is we are tribal. Um, we realized a long time ago, I mean, if we don't band together, um, we're going to be at the mercy of the elements. We're, we're either going to be... Uh, looking for dinner or, or being chased uh, for someone else's dinner. Yes. And so we really needed to kind of combine resources and be we became hunter, hunter gatherers. Eventually the agricultural revolution happened about 10,000 years ago. All of that was, was driven by, you know, just tribes of people, groups of people protecting their own interests. And so that's carried on um, over, you know, thousands of years, many centuries to today. Why, why do people, join a church you know why do people continue to give to a church they have a congregation it's because of habit it's because of those fundamental instincts why do people give money to different causes why do people join a political party why do people support the party system which out which is basically completely excludes competition if you had the party system um in 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 terms of uh you know, cars, or in terms of um, any product or service, the government would come after you for violating anti antitrust laws for violating the Competition Act in Canada. 
Yet that is precisely how things operate politically. And this goes back to this ancient instinct. And they, the system is not broken. It operates precisely how they want it to operate. We have first-past-the-post system in Canada. What does um, that mean for those who aren't aware? Just if you can, I don't know if you can quickly explain. Yeah, very. It's, it's first-past-the-post means that whoever gets the most amount of votes wins. In, in, in other countries, they also have, in many other countries, they have a first-past-the-post system. But they, they, there they have a runoff. So let's say they have three candidates and one gets more than the others, but they don't get over 50% of the vote. They don't get a majority. They'll have a runoff. Essentially, another ballot will be taken to see who, and of course, they do this in party leadership races, but, uh, but they don't do it um, federally or provincially. We don't have runoffs in Canada. So if someone gets, if you have liberals, conservatives, NDP, and you have the conservatives get 34%, liberals get 33%, NDP gets 33%. The 34% is winner takes all. They take everything. I see. And if okay. only 50% show up to vote, literally 17% controls 83% of the population. Justin Trudeau got, I think, five and a half million votes in the last election. There's 38 million people in Canada. He controls 32 and a half million people in Canada. Wow, that doesn't votes. seem right. It is right. not. It isn't right, however, that is the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is first past the post. You have a British parliamentary system where if you do not vote with the party in power, you will be kicked out of caucus. They don't have that in the United States. They have that in other countries. They have that in Britain. You will be departed. If you get departed, as I said about earlier, about um, having uh right. you know people who have you know just provide they 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 give regularly they they hang out regularly in political settings it's habit so if you don't have the that the the party behind you you don't have all those people habitually providing to the party and to you you when you are essentially abandoned by the group by the party just like you would be abandoned um in the wilderness you know a a thousand years ago or 10,000 years ago, whatever, or excommunicated by the church a few hundred years ago, you would be, you would be ostracized. You would be, you would be obliterated. So that's what they do today. Uh, if you don't vote with the party, if you don't vote with the party, um, and if you uh, do not pull that vote, um, then you will, you have no chance of succeeding. And if you split the vote in some way, meaning if, if, if another party has the same types of views as you do, and you do not co uh, uh, cooperate, um, you will split your own vote and you will have, you will cancel each other out. I should mention one other analogy, a very important analogy, which is um, it's the Cold War analogy. It's the game theory analogy. Uh, and it is the mutually, mutually assured destruction analogy. And essentially um, there was uh, one guy, you've probably seen the movie A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe. And yes. the guy, it was about John Nash. He won the Nobel Prize. He was a mathematician. He won the Nobel Prize for economics. And he won it because not just, um, not, in, not in spite of, but because of his paranoid schizophrenia, he came up with game theory. Game mm -hmm. theory is very popular these days. Back then it was very new. And so there's something called the prisoner's dilemma. Everyone's heard of that, where you have one, two prisoners, um, one in one, one in one interview room, another one in another interview room. They don't know what each of them is going to say. So if they, if they both, um, if one of them turns the other one in, um, then they both, the guy who, if one turns the other one in, one stays silent, the other guy screws the other guy. Mm -hmm. um, so one says nothing, one screws the other guy. The one who screws the other guy gets off. The guy who gets screwed gets the maximum in prison. If they both screw each other, um, they get, I think, you know, five years instead of 10 years in prison. If they both say nothing, they get, I think, one or two years in prison, the least amount of time. So, so the, best, the best course of action there is unbeknownst to them, for them to say nothing, to essentially cooperate with one another. John Nash won the Nobel Prize because he thought up a game, as I said, based on his paranoid schizophrenia, which itself was premised on two powers, hell bent on their mutual destruction. So, you know, one, one against the other. In this case, it was the United States versus the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. his, his game, and I'll just put it right out there. You might have to bleep it. It was called Fuck You, Buddy. 
Oh, and, yeah. And essentially this game, because of his paranoid schizophrenia, he thought like you have to screw the other party as much as possible. But, but the, the game theory broke down. This game broke down when there was cooperation. So the whole thing here is a, a very important lesson to be learned. If yeah, you have, great. if you, if you compete with one another in a first past the party system in a system, which is uh, sorry, first past the post system, and you have a party system and you have a British parliamentary system as we have in this country, if you don't have the party behind you because you didn't support the party and you were departed, you were kicked to the back benches and you then you know, through association with someone else, you, you form a political party and then, and then your own people decide, you know what, we're going to, we're going to actually form a competing political party. You are feeding right into what I just said, mutually assured destruction, mutually assured destruction by vote. Uh, uh, are yeah. you referring to the fact that there were two uh, parties with some, like the new blue? And, and they're the same. They, yeah, they're people the are same. trying yeah, to I agree. That was so destructive to, yeah. um, you know, even to balancing out our government, to having these more moderate platforms instead yeah. of everything to the left, they would have kind of balanced things out. Yeah. So competing against each other was, yeah, absolutely. It's mutually assured destruction. Absolutely. And look at all the effort and the money that went in all lost. And it, yes. if we were to repeat that, that's the definition of insanity. Repeating it is that the definition of insanity. It did and not I, work. I think this was a, a, an important experiment to be tried because the PPC has gained exponentially in terms of it's in a very in two, yes. less than about two and a half years. Well, they're standing up for yeah. constitutional rights and no one else is. That's, you know, they're, that's they're the only ones. So yeah. you have to bide your time in politics. I mean, if let's say if, if Bernier ended up getting 20 or 30 candidates in the next election, whenever the hell that's going to be. But when if that he ends up with that many candidates, it'll be the fastest growing and most successful political party since this country was founded, other than the liberals running things for 95 percent of the time since July 1st, 1867. Is that how how much they've been in power? Ninety the 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 liberal party the liberal party of canada came into existence the very same day that the canada came into existence which is july july 1st 1867 over that period of time i mean up until Diefenbaker came in i mean the the liberals had almost every government in canadian history wow i didn't almost, realize it was that much then Diefenbaker got a minority people made a big deal about Diefenbaker's minority when mulroney got one minority government i mean that was unprecedented when he got two in a row it was incredible when Harper did the same thing. Eventually, later he was in power for ten years. It was incredible. So, so that that's changed things somewhat. But nevertheless, the Liberals up until 1984 were were in power for for virtually the entirety of Canada's existence. And you know, the Liberal Party of Canada used to be the Libertarian Party of Canada. I mean, you look at Wilfrid Laurier. He right. said, "The freedom is our nationality." Right? And, they they and, believed that back then. They truly believed it. The opposite now. I mean, the, the Liberal opposite. Party is Please. not stand is 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 proposing censorship, and they're they're breaching our freedoms. They're breaching the Constitution. Look at all these bills coming out. It's the exact opposite. Right. It's PPC and some conservatives. I give them credit, are the only ones standing up for our constitutional rights and freedoms and democracy and opposing censorship and, and put, you know, the, the common sense of freedom of speech. Doesn't matter if we don't agree, we need to be able to debate and not unfriend each other and not cancel each other. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's disturbing. Well, let's dive into some of these bills yes. that are being uh, implemented. I know you talked about, now this is something even I, even I ran in the federal election, I'm learning and you're so knowledgeable. I mean, some of the bills have a C in front of them. Some of them have an S and you're saying that yeah. they have to go through the Senate and the House of Commons. So if it's an mm -hmm. S in front, it's starting in the Senate. Can you go both ways, start in the Senate? It's, and go? Yeah, it's easy to, it's easy to understand. It just has to be explained very quickly to people. And I've been asked to kind of teach a bit of a civics class on how things work we never learned this in school in the no. united states apparently they do but not in this country so people it's not it's not complicated essentially you have two houses this is this is the case in the united states it's the case in canada it's in the case in a lot of countries mm -hmm. um and in in some states it's the case in canada generally just well i don't think i don't think we have anything other than legislatures in canada we don't have an upper house in the provinces in the United States. Some states do, some states don't. 
So in Canada, federally, you have two chambers. You have the lower house, the House mm -hmm. of Commons, and you have the upper house, the Senate. In Canada, we elect our, sorry, we elect our, you know, representatives. The senators are appointed. That's the British parliamentary system. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I know a lot of people have said it's a bad thing and they want elected judges. They want, as if, as if electing anything is going to change, is going to change the system. I mean, appointees are, have become more and more politicized very recently, but previous to this time, judges were generally selected i know you people say the opposite they have no idea what they're talking about judges were selected um on on a certainly a patronage basis basis but if you actually look at those decisions that the supreme court justices made a lot of times it went against the party that 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 put them in in, in that's in, good to hear bench. so they're not people biased. have no idea karakatsanis and moldaver who were appointed by harper immediately went against the harper government when they tried okay. to weaken well, search that's, and seizure. That's, that's fair. Yeah. So that so, is fair. so that never that you know in the United yeah. States exactly the opposite. They they elect people um, uh, or whatever. Essentially, they're confirmed by the by the by the right. House and the Senate, and then they're put in into onto the bench for life. In Canada, you have to retire at seventy five. That's another good thing about our system. People continually bash our system. There's a lot that's of good, good. Things about it. That's uh, good. So oh, yes. So I'll so I'll say this. So with respect to our political system, you have an upper house and you have a lower house. Something that originates in the Senate, it can originate in the Senate or the House of Commons. Oh, okay. Something that originates in the Senate can then go through the Senate. It has to go through two readings, committee, third reading. Then it goes mm -hmm. to the House. After that, those two readings, committee, third reading, it becomes law. Similarly, it can originate in the House of Commons. And who and votes it goes on it? The is house, and it does the same thing. It has to go through both houses. It has to go through both committees or, you know, whatever committee is the appropriate committee. So it has to do that. And it, and, and the, the other thing is the number on the bill. If it's a high number, if it's like 200 plus, mm -hmm. um, it is a private member's bill. If it's a low number, it's a government bill. So it, it, the private member's bills are less likely to become law, especially in the Senate. Um, it could take many years for it to become law. In many way, many times it doesn't even become law. It's just there to provoke a discussion. People don't oh, understand that. So, That's good but, to hear because but, some but, of these yes. high number bills you were telling me about are quite concerning. Very, um, very. Extremely. So, so, yeah. so yeah. So just, just to be clear, there's two houses, there's okay. uh, the house and the know. Senate and something that originates in one has to go through both. I know you, there's been a lot of misinformation on this, including from some very well-known people. Yeah. And I, I never knew myself. Um, and is it the same provincially, the same setup? No. No, so as I said, just, there's, we just have legislatures. So if something goes it. through two readings, committee, third reading, just like Bill 100 was rammed through, which we so lobbied against, it becomes oh. law right away. Yes. So there's, in no a way two, the, there's no Senate in, in Ontario. Yeah. So in a way, the provincial governments have more power. They, um, they had way of way, both, yeah. both legislatively and, and also judicially. Uh, with respect to what the Supreme Court has ruled, and even the higher, there was something higher than the Supreme Court called the Judicial Committee, the Privy Council in Britain. Um, that, uh, because we're a British colony and we were not mm -hmm. independent until 1982, from 1867 until 1982, we were not independent until about 1949. The Judicial Committee of the Privy Council was, it, it over superseded the Supreme Court. So what they, what what doesn't what does the crown not want? The crown does not want breakaway colonies. The crown does not want revolutions against the crown. So 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 every time the federal government, even though the our constitution wants and the founders, the the founding fathers, the um con, con, the, the the fathers of Confederacy who wrote, well, they didn't write the constitution, but they they were the ones who were there pounding the table on Confederacy for Canada and having the eighteen sixty seven British North America Act, Constitution Act in 1867, they, what they did was they wanted a strong federal government in weak provinces. But the Crown and the Judicial Committee, the Privy oh. Council, didn't quite see it that way. And they did the, the, over a long period of time, they weakened the federal government and strengthened the provinces. So because it's much harder to foment a revolution with provinces than it is with a federal, strong federal government. In the United States, the founding fathers wanted precisely the opposite. They wanted strong states and a weak federal yes, government. They, they, they got what, what our founding fathers wanted. They got a very strong, all-powerful uh, federal government 
and relatively weak states. So in Canada, the provinces, they want the provinces to be able to ram through legislation. They want the provinces to compete with the federal government and beat the federal government. That's how things have been for a long time. And, yes. and if you look at the pandemic response, pandemic response, whatever you want to call it, all the restrictions, the vast majority of the restrictions are at the provincial level. Yeah, we have these travel restrictions, but the but all the lockdowns and everything else, all the, the vaccinations, all that sort of stuff that was done at the provincial level. Interesting. That is fascinating. So yeah. we've got, okay, so let's just- And then uh, the, the bills. Yeah. yeah. So let's go through that. And that's going to be a lot for today. Yes. I mean, these, uh, like, I'm just going to list some of them that people may or may not be aware yeah. of. And again, for all my viewers out there in the audience, you don't have to agree with me. Let's just take it in and let's be civil, have these discussions. Let's be aware and knowledgeable. Chris, you have so much knowledge. I mean, your memory is incredible. Thank you. Um, just, I'm so impressed all the time with your- your wealth of knowledge. So C11 is, is, is a, at a federal level and sort of House of Commons is around censorship. We've got C21, which is a gun bill for, for both sides. Um, people, uh, you know, uh, lawful the gun complete owners. Gan pretty much a complete gun ban. They don't want anything. Yeah. They, they said they banned the law. They got rid of the gun, long gun registry, which is a complete fiasco. But the whole thing now is that Bill C21 would essentially create uh, at a de facto uh, gun, gun, um, long gun registry, because it, it bans anything like right now, you don't, you can do, um, you don't have to register um, uh, a long gun. So if you buy it off of someone, not a gun store, they, you don't have to register it. You can just, you know, there's a certain way you have to hold it, but you don't have the government doesn't know about it. Now they will, because it's, it will be illegal. I don't know how easy it'll be to enforce, but it will be illegal. Handguns, on the other hand, will be completely illegal. They are, they're going to even ban airsoft guns. So these are sort of semi-realistic guns. Some of them look very realistic, but the point is they shoot BBs, they shoot pellets. Mm -hmm. Those are going to be illegal too. That's going to decimate the industry here. It's funny that Canada produces a lot of weapons that they're very happy to sell to the Ukraine and other countries, but they don't want our own people to have them. So, And these are for lawful gun owners. You look at what happened in Texas, who who essentially aided and abetted in the massacre, the police there. And I'm just going to say it outright. The police aided and abetted the massacre. They want they were too afraid of getting shots than protecting children over there. If you have so the government, if you have it the government's way, they literally they literally cuffed parents who wanted to protect their own children who were well armed. And they said, can we go oh. in there and actually save our children? And they said no. Oh, they weren't just, going in. I and they seemingly want more government power more police power and completely uh, decimated power of the, of the citizens to take care of their own affairs and protect their own families. Uh, and I'm I sorry, just, just like what you had in the Bataclan massacre in, in, in France, which was uh, an, an absolute nightmare, depending on what you believe really happened there. Uh, there's, there's reports of uh, mutilations and horrible things there. We don't know if that happened or not. The point is they walked in with three machine guns. They took over the entire theater and massacred people in there. It is a massacre. If they had any guns, if one person had a gun concealed carry, that none of that would have happened. The yes. only when 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 seconds count, the cops are minutes away, and it's unfortunate. And they took it took hours for a response. There, it took they waited waited for what forty minutes to go uh, into the classroom. It's it unconscionable. Is Someone needs to be held accountable. I, I believe in legal gun ownership. I, you know, I'm not in. Uh, there's some of the things. Uh, about um, you know the illegal gun trade that could, that that are be, being allowed to happen, so illegal gun ownership, but legal lawful gun owners, and the the whole story in the states. I didn't want to dwell on, but it was so fishy how this young kid who was apparently being watched uh, for they're all watched, uh, they're always and, known about, always yeah, known so, about, and he was given yeah. all of this high end stuff and nothing. There's no red yes. flags anywhere all along. No, of course not. Equipment. So very, very disconcerting, very fishy. Yeah. The other thing is, I know I've listened to a number of people speak. I mean, I really believe that the founding fathers in the U.S. knew what they were doing, protecting the Second Amendment, yes. uh, threats from within, without. And I have a number of people I know, the nicest, kindest people and, you know, lawful gun owners yes. that have, you know, have, have had to save 
people or, or threats have, have, you know, having a, having a lawful gun has been very helpful for them. Now, right. I don't know what's going to happen in Canada. Is this already been pushed through? Where are we at in that bill? And um, then let's no. move on to censorship. Yes. Uh, no, no. They, these things have not become law yet. They want to ram them through. They say they're going to ram them through. They have this, this um, agreement. It's a minority government it is a dic- it is literally a dictatorship. I mean, they when when you have a minority government, you can't um, automatic automatically f- uh, form some sort of coalition with another party and become a majority government for as many years as you want. Sorry, that's not how democracy works in this country. But it's that's being what they're doing. But that's, that's what, what they've done. Doing. It's they've done it already. And so with NDP, yes, they've done it already. So so essentially, the when when we have the next election, the NDP will cease to exist as a party, just like the Liberal Party is is not a party after uh, the last election in 2018 and still remains not a party. The, the elect, the um, leader of the liberal party did not get elected before he failed to get elected in this election. So they are nowhere. The liberal party still get 24, 25% of the vote. I think it was um, in this election, they failed. They got eight seats. So they, they have yes. no chance. So they will stay. They, they're not a party. They, they've lost official party status. They've not regained it. The NDP um, here, they lost 10 seats. They were decimated federally. I, I don't see how, why anyone would vote NDP when, you know, they're just going to the do, they're just gonna do what they're just going to do what another political party wants and give them absolute power. So why would you vote for the NDP? The vote. And, and unfortunately, this 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 um, ties into everything I was talking about before, about human nature and about something called demoralization. If you keep the population demoralized and you 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 leave them with the sense that they're ineffectually uh, that they're ineffectual that they are powerless why bother why right. show up to vote why yes. protest why yes. do anything we already know that we're going to lose now that's a loser mentality so exactly we must the, we must fight against that at all costs always and, believe every action that every person takes is meaningful and and that's and, and that's why we, that's why we are where we are because most people have have not has sat on their hands for the election um, because they're t- thoroughly demoralized. Yuri Bezmenov, ex-KGB agent, you know, he in 1984 he did an interview. You should look this up. The four stages, literally type this into YouTube. It's still on YouTube, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. They tried banning it over the years. Um, but it's it's called the four stages. Oh, we've ju- you've just frozen for a minute for the audience. So we'll Stages just of logical subversion. It's seven minutes of eclipse from his 80 minute interview in 1984. He says that there's sorry, I, it says I cut out here, but there's 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 four stages. And the first stage is, is demoralization. It takes 15 to 20 years. At least he said it didn't taken far longer, 15 to 20 years. This next stage is is destabilization that could take you know two to five years then there's crisis that takes a few weeks or months and then there's normalization he said all of this in 1984 wow. okay so what have we had what, what did we have in, two, in 2020 we had all those things crammed into the period of maybe yes. one or two months and people so, are exhausted so, they're sick of it all they're sick and, of it. but i'm sorry we're we're in a war and you can't yeah, well, you know, people people complain about things being inconvenient. I say, get a de-googled Android phone. I'm in the de-googled Android phone business. I say, you don't have to get one from us, but but get one. Uh, because if you don't get one, um, you will be subject to the digital ID. It's the only way you can fight back, either that or have no cell phone. And they go, well, I'll have to have two cell phones then because my husband and kids and all that, they won't they, they won't switch and all that. And, and it's, that's inconvenient. You know, I know my answer is war is inconvenient. You might have to carry two digital devices to save your ass. You might have to get gold, silver, platinum. You might have to get guns, et cetera, et cetera. I would say legally, but nevertheless. I mean, a lot of business, you know, conservative business people are listening to this. A lot of them are conservatives. They're not really following the news. There's people who are just kind of thinking about this. I mean, when you refer to war, we're really trying to get our government back to respecting people's freedoms and rights yeah. and um, building the country in a way that it, like opening our resource sector, allowing people to make their own medical decisions and a number mm-hmm. of other things. And the death of collective rights, please. All the entire yes, legal it, system revolves around individual rights, whether it's the human rights code or the charter 
or yes. privacy legislation or informed consent laws or even decisions rendered by the Supreme Court or the Court of Appeal here. The fact that a matter is we have individual rights, not collective rights. And I read the, the Constitution for the Ontario Party and it literally says collective rights. Like it says oh, community or whatever. Yeah. And then later on, it says individual rights. He says, we believe very strongly in property rights. At the same time, they want to completely ban foreign ownership of homes, which is the most, you know, uh, you know, in terms of the sanctity of private property. I mean, that's the top. So, I mean, you, you can't, it, it's like saying I'm a vegan, but I eat meat on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I, you can't, you can't do that. It's ideologically <laughs> impure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It makes no sense. And this is why we have to get rid of this. It doesn't matter what political party you're from. We have to get rid of this notion, and it, it's infected people. Is collectivism and collective rights? Yes. I told oh, people I, in unions, you got to get rid of this mentality because it is destroying our democracy. Abs. Well, you know what, and and that's just another topic unto itself. But this is what they're teaching in schools, so people are afraid. You know, maybe going back to what you said about human nature, and they're they're preying on this really with everything they do. Yes. Is now kids are afraid to disagree in school. I grew up in school where we had debate clubs. They don't have debate clubs anymore. No, they don't because they, you'll, you'll, because you'll, you'll trigger someone. Yeah. They don't want people to be critical thinkers. They want everyone to just go along with what's yeah. being fed to them, agree nicely. And anyone who disagrees is is actually, um, you know, stared at, you know, frowned upon. It's, it's just it's it's actually it's it's a total indoctrination center. And I remember right. as a kid, you were allowed to disagree. Now That's you're not. Right. And, and people right. disagree quietly or not at all. That's, That's right. uh, you know, quietly meaning it, they think it themselves or they might say it to their friend. So this this education reform is critical. But yeah, some of these other bills and maybe we won't have time to go into all of them. Bill oh, 100, yeah. which is already passed, yes. in, uh, which is, is, is deeply concerning, uh, particularly if you're a peaceful protester in Ontario and, you know, they can seize your property. You know, the, there's no due course with with uh, your basically uh considered guilty be, just for peaceful pro uh, as being You're guilty until person. proven innocent and in many yes. cases can't even be proven innocent exactly yeah. and and i mean and now we have bill two you said s233 and c233 coming yes. out as well um those, those are i think people are spending too much time on those bills that's another problem that i see is there's they've come at us with so many different bills and now with the with ford getting another like four or five years of absolute power. I mean, it's a super majority. It has about 75% of the seats in the legislature. There's no reason for them to back down. It's for them to be, I mean, it's when George Bush said when he, when he won his second election, he said, I've earned political capital and I intend to spend it. Well, wow. Doug yes. Ford should say the same thing. He's, he's gained absolute power. Why won't he use it? Why would he suddenly back down? So right. the problem there is, um, they bill 100. I mean, get ready. Look out. There's they're uh, they're just they're just warming up, right? Geez. On reopening Ontario Act, Bill 100, they can just do whatever the hell they want, and they they don't care. They haven't been challenged. We're the only challenge right. to, to to the reopening Ontario Act. No one else has challenged it. Belinda Carahalio is no longer in office. Um, Rick Nichols was, was the only one who stood up in the last debate because no, no one else. They were all shut out. And he, he, he read my open letter. And then in that last debate, it uh, wasn't even a debate. It was just a quick right. vote, essentially. And he was the only one who spoke up at all because he was the only one who knew about it. They made sure everyone else didn't know about it. They did it at nighttime. It was like past eight o'clock. I think it was April 13th. So the whole thing is that's not a democracy. That is shutting no. out debate. They've continually right. shut down debate. They won't allow people to ask questions. They won't allow people to be questioned including in the in the whole gun commission inquiry in Nova Scotia. They will not allow people to be cross-examined. They will not allow any medical officers of health to be cross-examined. They will not allow chief medical officers of health to be cross-examined or the, you know, the, the chief or the chief medical officers of health for, for the public health agency of Canada, which is Teresa right. They will right. not allow any of them to be questioned, to be under oath, to be isolated, and to be forced to answer, right. answer for for what they've done. They will not allow them to be no, questioned terrible. whatsoever. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. there's, there's a lot to take in here. I mean, we want to leave people. Um, well, I should just mention the other bills very quickly. So there's, yes. so the, one of the problems I just said is, is it's an onslaught, right? We have, 
Bill C11, we have uh, C21. So 11 is the censorship bill. Uh, you know, you won't be able to do anything in Canada um, with respect to online without the government looking over your shoulder. Um, then there's, there's, and you could be face heavy penalties and there, and again, you're guilty until proven innocent there because it's an administrative penalty system. Then there's, then there's bill C21. That's essentially a complete gun ban. Then there's, um, then there's the Senate bills. There's bill S7, which is, um, it's the electronic search and seizure bill. It gives the border border guards virtual unlimited power to search and seize electronic devices or whatever could copy whatever is on those electronic devices. That's a right you will not have. And um, and finally, some senators are speaking up against that. I'm shocked. I'm absolutely completely yeah, shocked. That's very that's new positive. over the last few days. People have spoken right. out about, about that bill. And then there's um, then there's Bill S210, which is a resurrection of the of Bill S203 from the previous parliament. It's a it's an online access bill uh, which would require that uh, children you know be protected against por pornography. How do they do that? By um, by having a minimum age requirement. So the minimum age requirement would be established through through some sort of identity. And here's the thing: they keep saying. Oh, it's not a censorship bill. It's not a censorship bill. And they're right. It isn't. What it is, is a digital ID bill. No one's, no one is aware of this bill. It was in S203 in the last Senate. It's in before committee right now. It didn't make it to committee last time. So it can easily pass the Senate. Uh, if it gets through committee, go through third reading and then get into the house and be rammed well, through. And the next thing you know, yeah, you will not be able to access the internet without a digital that ID. is so bad and they have and of course no one's talking about that no. i'm the only one oh yeah. and they have them titled you know it's all this it's, it's a title i think oh isn't that a good thing but really yeah. what they want to do is something completely different if you're not paying attention right. opening on terox sounds like well that sounds like a wonderful thing that's going to be helpful yes. for everyone but the hidden agenda is always very dark and it's always a breach of our rights and freedoms that's it i know true. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's concerning. Um, I mean, there's a lot more. What can people do? I mean, can you I would say get the most important thing is to do is to is to show up, to speak up, to open up. Um, Don't be afraid to, to speak out. Never. This is this is the problem. People go, well, you know, there's no restrictions now. And, and you know, we already know, like the protests haven't made a difference. People, they do this make a difference. This is people have no idea. If you look at, and I've studied totalitarian regimes, you can study, I really yeah. encourage people to look at totalitarian regimes and see what they thought of protests. Um, Chinese, communist China is absolutely terrified of protests. They were terrified of Tiananmen, terrified right. of everything. They, 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 they cannot stand dissent, open dissent at all. So people go, well, okay, so what? Well, look at all the protesting we did. What fat, this fat load of good that it's done here. It's worked in other countries, but it, no, well, it hasn't worked in Canada. Here's the thing. That's like saying, you know, I've spent a one or two years in the gym. Right. And I still have a belly, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and I, my doctor said, I got to, I got to exercise if I have a heart attack, whatever. And, you know, well, not, you know, I haven't lost weight. I, I don't know. I, I don't feel much different. Well, the thing is, if you didn't work out, if you didn't go into the, to the gym, if you didn't watch your diet, you would have had the damn heart attack. Exactly. You didn't have protests. Yes. Our country would have had a, serious heart attack we would have total tyranny absolutely it, our would be, the police would be emboldened heroes. you would yeah. not be able to do anything so thank god people Sold went out down. there you, as or as completely disorganized as they were and yeah. doing it the absolute worst time of the year horrible they should have just why not do it in nice weather we had plenty of opportunities why not have five hundred thousand people in the streets in the summertime on july right. 1st why not do right. that no 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 we have to do it in the coldest time of the year where we could be choked out with firewood and, and fuel and everything else so the point is people did show up they did speak up they did open up we need that again we need yes. that we need to we need to right now come out and do that the people have to engage in any process they know if it's protesting that's one way if it's letter writing if it's absolutely banging on the doors of your mps and mpbs which you're allowed to do again now you mm. you can't do it federally but you can do it provincially so That's they've lifted good. restrictions provincially, federally with the par with Parliament Hill. You cannot, you still have to wear a mask, you have proof of yeah. double vaccination and all that. But but provincially you can. And people have to engage. 
And the other thing is at home, instead of saying, oh, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not, I, let's not talk about politics, keep politics out of it. No, we need to keep politics in it. Maybe we call it, let's have a conversation what's happening in our community, in our province, in our country. Yes. What do you think? I disagree. I disagree. Okay, what, how could we do better? People have to start, like, have you lis listened to the bills? Have you looked at the bills? What's happening in the schools? Ask your child. There's a new principal. What does he stand for or she? You know, get involved in every area i'm on the uh, I, i've sat in with some of the school uh parent counselor meetings lately and you know i don't like a lot of the things they say but i'm still i'm trying to change from within as well with from without mm -hmm. i mean all of these things count i mean you did it does it absolutely counts yeah citizen engagement if people if people uh, stay invisible and they they stay silent silence is compliance if they keep silence doing that, is if yeah. people keep doing that, people are too afraid. I mean, what are they afraid of? What are they afraid of? Back in Nazi Germany, 1934, they had Night of the Long Knives, where people were thrown into, into Dachau. That was the first camp. People were, were it was before, it was a concentration camp, but, but a few people were thrown in there. The brown shirts would beat the crap out of anyone who disagreed with the Nazi regime. What do you have to fear now? You might lose your job. Are you kidding me? This is a war. If you do not stand up and risk something, I've risked everything. Yeah, I've I have risked too. everything. I, I fought the city of Toronto. I'm, I, I was out 10 grand on that challenge. I fought that myself. No one would help me. So right. the fact is, I stood up for democracy. It's precious. In the past, if you read what happened in, 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 in 1775 on Christmas, people were marching through absolutely bitter cold weather. Their blood on, you know, bloodied feet i mean the boots it's not like you go go down and go a shoe store mm -hmm. and buy a nice pair of boots and shoes they were they had nothing and 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 what they did to fight for democracy was something to behold what do we do now people aren't even willing to risk anything and then there and then then later on you lose everything oops then it's 10 it takes 10 times the effort 10 times the money and and 10 times the amount of the actual time expended to roll back whatever tyranny has been imposed that's why you fight for it because right. if you don't if you do not fight for it you lie down for it there's no way of getting it back i mean it took 72 years for the soviet union to collapse how long will this take to collapse i really wonder when will it all end well so so the, so questions. what what, what big, people big, can do is yes. I want to tell people, do not be afraid. Do not let them scare you. Do not let them into your head. I, I, I literally had a friend and business part, partner call me at 2.30 a.m. in a cold sweat panic about, yes. about what happened with, um, with, with I guess it, it was the same time. It was the gun restrictions. And um, I'm trying to remember, it was, it was all coordinated yes. the same day. It was all coordinated to terrify people. And, and he said, well, what, what should I do? And I said, first of all, don't be afraid. Because if you, if you give them that fear, if you get fear, uncertainty, doubt, anxiety, and confusion, it's a sandwich. The fear and confusion causes everything else. If you allow that, it paralyzes you as well. It, it causes a state of paralysis so that you will not act. You'll think you're weak and ineffectual. You will be completely demoralized and you will fail to act. In fact, we have the numbers now. I keep saying it. We have the numbers now, not, not a year from now, not six months from now, but now to topple the entire regime. And what I, I'm not talking about the government. I'm just talking about, so the police will not enforce anything. Um, right. All this stuff will come to a standstill. Yeah, it's written on a piece of paper, but, the, but, but it will not be enforced because when, when the actual numbers show up, it's just back like in the animal world, you know, size, speed, strength, uh, and numbers. If you have the numbers, then they will back down. They will realize they can't do anything. So, and and we and, and history has shown and there's this is this is the last point I'll make. If, if you don't allow them into your head, you don't allow fear and fear doubt, uh, fear Excellent. fear and certainty, doubt, yeah. anxiety, and confusion. You don't allow them to demoralize you. You don't allow them to get in your head. You don't allow them to somehow externalize your power. Do you think for one second that I that I'm putting all my faith in the courts? Yes, no. we, we are absolutely fighting in the courts, but we realize that's one front. And we're yeah. not saying if we lose in the courts, we're dead. We are absolutely no, not saying that at all. Multiple fronts, multiple it's the, it's, ways. It's all yes. the fronts. And even if it, whatever happens, happens, we are not going to give up. We will never exactly. give up. And, and, and the final no. point is 
that there is a book written called Skin in the Game by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. He is a, um, a mathematician. He wrote this book in 2018. There's one chapter in, the, in there called the, the Dictatorship of the Minority. And in there, it describes that you only need three and a half to four percent of the population. Guess who voted in our lousy provincial election? They three and a half percent of the people actually voted for alternative party. If those people are absolutely and those are and there's more, far more than that. But right. let's say just three and a half, four percent of the people absolutely refuse to give in. We, they will not. They'll be completely um, recalcitrant. We'll not give an inch. And we'll say, sorry, we'd rather be dead than ever comply with these garbage, completely unconstitutional, unjust laws. And the police, a lot of police believe the same thing. Military believes the same, same right. thing. They won't say anything. The doctors and lawyers believe the same thing, but they're silenced. And they have professional organizations. That's another big problem. But right. the whole thing is, if we have the numbers now, if those people behind the scenes or publicly or privately, it really should be publicly, say, I'm sorry, you will have to put us in, in, in prison. You'll have to put us in camps and you'll have to kill us because we're not going to go to those camps in the first place. We're not going into ra any rail cars. That's where my family went. They were all exterminated on my dad's side, except oh. for a very small handful. They were exterminated. Absolutely. They, they gave me a choice. They put a gun to their heads. You go on the rail car or we'll pull the trigger. I would say, pull the trigger. I'm not, I'm not going along with that ever. And if everyone had that attitude, this would end right away. This, we wouldn't have to wait for court decision. We wouldn't have to wait for another election. We wouldn't have to wait for the media to broadcast anything. It would simply end the mass, mass withdrawal of consent okay. by only a small percentage of the population, by an absolutely recalcitrant part of the population, which will never give in, is the dictatorship of the minority. That's why we have all these trans rights and things like that which are utterly, it's utterly insane and ridiculous. You have some of the bullhorn at the street corner shouting at the top of their lungs about, about trans rights and things like that and calling everyone transphobic, racist, misogynist, all of that sort of stuff. Well, guess what? If they are absolutely recalcitrant, they will get their way. People will yes. have to bend to their will. We have more numbers than they do. They successfully changed the law in the world for the worse we can change it for the better. We have the numbers now. All people need to do, as I said, show up, right. uh, speak up Thank and open you. up and say, I do not, I will not consent. I do not consent. I will not comply. I will not obey. I will never give in. If everyone said that and everyone meant it, this would end now. Thanks. That's Curtis. my takeaway. Awesome. Well, thank you. That was a powerful session. Thanks so much. And I'll get this posted. Have a great day. We'll be, you, we'll, be we'll be in touch again. Bye For now. Sure. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye.